Joshua 4 tonight, let's begin to read in verse 1. And the Bible said, it came to pass, uh, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, uh, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe, a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you. And leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. And then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God uh, into the midst of Jordan. And take you up every man out of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the middle of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood and they are there unto this day. For the priests which that bear, for the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan, until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hasted and passed over. You can be seated tonight. In Joshua chapter three, we understand what took place. We preached on it not too far, uh, a few weeks ago, when the children of Israel uh, crossed over Jordan. And they were heading into the promised land. God said, you take the priest and you let them carry the Ark of the Covenant down there. Uh, and when they get in about ankle deep water, if you let me say that, when they got into the Jordan River, and the Bible told them there in verse 8 of chapter 3 that they were to stand still uh, uh, in Jordan. Uh, and when they got down to the Jordan River and they stood still, God done a great work there uh, and He parted the Jordan River. Uh, and all of Israel crossed over and that headed... Uh, uh, into Jericho. But here is the time as the children of Israel is crossing over that way and uh, in these first ten verses what they're doing is they're, uh, each man that Joshua had chose is going to get a rock out of the Jordan River. And what they're doing is when they get where they go to lodge that night on the other side of Jordan uh, uh, they're going to set up these rocks uh, uh, and as he said right here, uh, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? If you notice right here, he said that this in verse 7 uh, should be for a memorial. And that word memorial simply just means uh, uh, something uh, uh, to, be, to be reminded of or something that uh, reminds us. And so right here, they, God wanted them to be reminded of the miracle that He done when they crossed the Jordan River. And when we look through the Bible, we find different memorials 
uh, in the Bible. You go back to the book of Exodus chapter 12 and when God instituted the Passover for the children of Israel uh, and he said in this day shall be unto you uh, for a memorial. He wanted them to remember uh, uh, that God had brought them uh, uh, up out of the land of Egypt. Uh, listen, that is typified in that uh, uh, by our salvation. That is the day, uh, uh, friend, that we got brought from bondage uh, uh, into freedom. You ought to have a memorial uh, uh, in your mind and in your heart. Listen to me now, man. Uh, when you got saved, uh, uh, there ought to be a memorial. There ought to be a time there uh, uh, that you think back to uh, uh, when you trusted Christ Jesus uh, uh, to save you from your sins. Uh, uh, he said, uh, this Passover, and they done it every year. They had Passover once a year uh, uh, and it was to remind them uh, that God brought them out of bondage. Uh, it was no mistake that Jesus Christ uh, was crucified at Passover time uh, uh, because He is the Passover Lamb. Thank God uh, uh, for that tonight and He is our memorial uh, of our salvation. That cross and that baptistry tonight is our memorial to be reminded uh, about what Christ done for us uh, so that me and you could get saved from our sins tonight. Amen. Uh, thank God for that. But I want to look at this thing about a memorial and preach having a thought simply on there's been a few times. There's been a few times. Why do I keep doing what I'm doing? Because there's been a few times. Uh, the memorial was given in Exodus 28 on the ephod that Aaron wore. There was two stones on the top of it. That reminded them of Israel. Matthew chapter 26, when that woman anointed the Lord Jesus with that uh, wonderful oil over there, that costly oil, uh, uh, and Jesus said that this would be, be spoken of a memorial for her wherever the gospel is preached. And some 2,000 years later, we're still talking uh, about what she done for Jesus Christ. Well, wouldn't it be something if 2,000 years from now, if this place is still spinning, uh, uh, that they would be talking about what me and you done for the Lord Jesus Christ? Wouldn't that be something tonight? Think about that. But I just want to look at a few things tonight about there's been a few times. First of all, number one, why, why do I keep praying? Well, what's that got to do with the memorial? If you'll stay with me, I'll tell you. You know, you, know why, you know why I keep praying? I was cut to the chase tonight. You know why I pray? Yeah, I've been commanded to pray. I mean, you go back and you look at Matthew 6, and uh, he even teaches us how to pray in Matthew 6. He said, When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and he that uh, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And he tells us how to pray, you know, not with vain repetition as the heathen do. And he goes through all that in Matthew 6 and tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 uh, to pray without ceasing. Hebrews 11 tells us to pray in faith. And without faith it is impossible uh, to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is uh, and that He is a rewarder of Him that diligently seek Him. Little John tells us to pray according uh, to His will. Well, we have a hard time with that sometimes, don't we? But do you know why? Do you know why I keep praying? Yeah, I've been commanded to. Yeah, I know the book tells us, and I believe this Bible from lid to lid. I, I, I may have, I may struggle with it sometimes. I may wonder what it's trying to tell me sometimes. But I believe it. Amen. I proved this book I, to be right over the years. Yeah, I found it out to be right. 
But you know why I keep praying? Because there's some memorials that are in the past back there that I can go back and I can look at and I can say, boy, God answered right here. God heard my prayer right there. And I've set up some rocks and some memorials along the way and seen God move and do some things simply because I prayed. See, it's one thing when we pray together. It's one thing when me and my wife pray together. But boy, it's something when, it, when she don't even know what I'm praying about and talking to God about. And boy, He moves. I like them prayers that I know that He's listened to me. You say, are you selfish? A little bit. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I, I, I want Him to hear me. I wouldn't pray. If I, if I didn't think that He was listening, I, I wouldn't have listened to Him. Or I'd not wanted to pray. As y'all know, I prayed for a truck. And in the Lord's sense of humor, He'd give me a Ford. Amen. <laughs> but I prayed about that truck and for that truck. And I'll be honest with you, that's been one of the best trucks I've ever owned in my whole life. I, I went back through my book. You remember, I keep a book sitting on my study desk of prayers that I have prayed and God has answered because, see, I, I tend to forget some of that stuff sometimes. And, and I, I, I was looking through it today, and as I was studying for this message late this afternoon, looking over it, and I was going through that book, and I was reminded of a time years ago when I first come down here to pastor, uh, I used to lean on, on, my, on my outline very heavily. Uh, and God began to deal with me one Sunday afternoon, one Sunday night before we come to church, and uh, I, I can remember... Uh, I'd already studied and got ready, but God give me another thought. And old preachers, he's got to be careful with that. I generally just like to have one thought coming in here because I'm telling you, two's worse than none. So if I ain't got nothing, I'll preach on Calvary and we'll go to the house. Amen. And it'll all be good. But I, I remember leaving, getting ready to go to the house. And I remember sitting down on the bed upstairs, and this is back when I wore shoes that had laces in them. And I, I'd sat down and, and I was telling the Lord, I had that thought, and I said, Lord, uh, if you'll just give me some scripture to preach with that tonight, I'll preach on that. And I, I remember as I sat down to tie my shoe on the bedside, and boy, that scripture came to my mind. And I'm still, I'm kind of like Gideon, you know. And Lord, if this is really what you want, you're going to have to help me out some more. And, and at that time, we, we used to listen to Brother Langston coming out of uh, WLIL out of Lenore City on Sunday afternoons. We'd come to church and we'd listen to him and Boy, I got in the car and turned it on, and lo and behold, Brother Langston was uh, preaching on the same scripture that the Lord would have me to preach on that night. And I remember coming in and sitting where I always sat. Man, this has been, I mean, summer was little at that time. And, and the reason I talk about summer is because she was going to walk up the aisle and talk to me. And Steve stopped her because he seen that I was sitting there sweating bullets and trying to figure out what God wanted, you know. And I. Look at that. And I don't even remember how it went that night, but I, I know that I think it went pretty good. He just didn't run me off because of it anyway. But I, I, I can remember praying about whether to be at the nursing home. And God sent me the Christmas card. Most of y'all know about that. I asked for the Lord just for somebody to tell me I was a blessing. And Miss Tammy wrote me that card and handed it to me as I walked in the door. And I didn't even pay attention to it two or three, for two or three or four days. and I hadn't even paid attention to that. And uh, that, That's a memorial in itself. That's why I carry it in my Bible wherever I go. 
That's a stack of rocks that I carry. If y'all that don't know, I, 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 was, I was in one of them places in life that I really didn't know if I needed to be at the nursing home. I was just feeling sorry for myself if you want to know the truth. You ever, you ever get in a pity party? You ever, just, you ever just feel like that God ain't listening or God ain't helping or God ain't doing or boy, things ain't going the way you wanted? And, and I remember just telling the Lord, if you'll just let somebody tomorrow tell me that I'm a blessing while I'm there, that'll be good enough. And when I walked in the door, she handed me the card and I just slid it down in my Bible. And nobody told me that I was a blessing that day. Uh, I even kind of, I remember picking up my guitar and walking out the door and telling the Lord on the way out the door, nobody told me that. And so you go home and you wonder what you're going to do and you feel sorry for yourself. But if you're doing any good or not. But like I told you on the way in, Miss Tammy, who's went to heaven now, she had handed me a Christmas card. And I just slid it in my Bible. So for y'all that don't know, it says, Dear Mark and Kelly, I hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Mark, you have been a blessing to me. You preach some good services. You are a blessing to me. What are you going to do with that? I mean, now do you understand why I keep praying? Now do you understand why we stack up memorials along the way? Uh, is, is so that we can look back on these times here. And, uh, and I've told you about the time Kelly was in the hospital. And, and boy, I was just praying and praying. And God just moved and done things that was beyond out of our control. You ask me why I keep praying and I keep trusting the Lord and praying and having faith is because there's been a few times in the past where there's been some memorials that I have set up and God's come by and done something. In those times. What about you all tonight? Do you have some memorials in your past? Do you have some times that you can go back and you can say, Boy, there's been a few times, there's been a few times that God has come by and answered my prayers, and that's why I keep praying. That's why I keep searching God. That's why I keep asking Him uh, to come by. That's why, hey, listen, I can tell you about the times that, uh, listen, that, that in prayer that I have just casted all my care upon Him and He has took care of, what was it, First Peter 5 and 7, He said, casting all your care upon Him for He careth for you. <laughs> I look back at those times. And that's why I keep praying. Even, even when you don't think He's listening, and you do get in a pity party, the Lord's still listening. Seems like, Brother Jeremiah, it seems like I'm praying for money sometimes. And he's just opened the doors. Amen. It's not that he's always given me the money, but he's always opened the door to make a way to make the money. That's always been a blessing. Kelly was, uh, for y'all that don't know, my church knows most of these stories because I tell them because they still excite me. And Mitchell probably don't remember this. But she was having MRI run one time and we was having to pay. Her insurance wouldn't pay for it. And so we was having to pay. And uh, we'd financed part of it and paid part of it. And, and I, I was sitting in that little waiting room for her to have that MRI done. And I was more worried about how we were going to pay for it uh, than I was wondering what was going to show in the results. Boy, that's a good husband, ain't it? Amen. That's also having faith in the Lord, ain't it? Just wringing my hands. And so I was sitting over there, and I can remember praying. I really can. Uh, Lord, you're going to have to help us to do something to, to, to pay for this thing. And I was just worried in general. And uh, I, I don't know if Mitchell remembers this, but he called me that day, and I had went and looked at a job for them at Gymtron. 
And uh, he called me and he said, hey, do you remember that job that you looked at us about a month ago? I said, yeah. He said, you can come start it whenever you want to. I don't know if you remember that or not. But I was sitting in the hospital when he called. And I said, okay, we'll fire it off. You see, the Lord, He knows what to do. And you say, you think the Lord... I think the Lord had everything to do with that. It's just those memorials that get set up in, uh, in, in time that is back here that that's what keeps me going back to pray. Listen, if I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and never seen anything, I would like to think that I'd keep on praying because Scripture says so. But God has proved Himself to be faithful to me over these years. There's been a few times. You know why I keep on serving? Because there's been a few times. One, I'm, I'm told to serve. There's no doubt about that. And why I keep on preaching is because I'm, I'm called to preach. But I've seen folk get saved along the way. You know, Jeremiah didn't even see anybody saved, did he? But yet for 40 years he prophesied on that to Israel and to Judah. And he kept on doing it because that's what he was supposed to do. I, I, I can remember, uh, and, and, and I guess I've thought about Brother Steve more uh, here lately since he passed away, but I can remember standing back here in the back of the church and, and, and I had preached that morning and preached my guts out and, and he comes back out to the back of the church and we're shaking hands and, and he said, you, you remember that message you preached six months ago? And in my mind, this is the preacher's mentality, six months ago, did you not hear the one I just preached? Well, that's the way I think, you know. When I went home and I thought about that, I thought about that over the years of what he said. For six months, that one message had helped him. That one message he had dwelled upon. That one message had given him comfort and some direction on some things. And we stood back there and talked about that. Hey, listen, that's why I still keep doing what I'm doing. If I didn't think you was getting any help and getting any direction from me just getting up here preaching and acting like a wild Indian sometimes, I just don't think I'd do it, Brother Marvin. I don't know if I've got the, uh, the fortitude that Jeremiah had uh, to be persecuted, uh, uh, to be hated like he was, uh, uh, to be thrown down in the pit uh, uh, because of what he preached to them, but yet he kept going. Amen. Jeremiah got in such a bad state one time, he said, I'll, I'll make no more mention of him. He said, I'm not going to say nothing else about him. That's how he got. He said, I'm not going to say nothing else about the Lord. And you know, he, he said, but, but I, I, I couldn't stay. He said, I couldn't forbear that thing. He said, uh, he said I, it was like a, a, a fire burning in my bones. It was shut up in him. There's been times that I've stood here and I know that God was helping I know that God was helping me preach. When it's coming faster than what you can spit it out, man, that's gone. You know why you need to keep sowing? You know why you need to keep on serving God and just sowing the Word of God and telling friends and family about Him and living right in front of your co-workers because of Galatians 6, and let us not be weary and well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That's why we keep serving because I can look back and I can see uh, where some folk got saved and some folk got help. You ought to be able to look back in your life to where those prayers that you prayed for your children, uh, where those times that you spent talking to them, where those times that you just lived right in front of them, that that made a difference in their life. 
1 Corinthians 3 talks about over there how that, that one plants and one waters, but it's God that gives the increase. We cannot give the increase. We just sow and we water, and God gives the increase. We'll just do our part. You know why I keep going? Because there's been a few times. There's, there's been a few times. There's some memorials back there. That, that's why I want to keep on living in faithfulness. That's why I'll keep wanting to run my house the way that we run it. That's why I always wanted to live like I live in public so that I might make a difference in somebody's life because it pays off in the long run and the short run. I think we've seen the best example just the other night of why it's important if God wants you to testify why you need to testify. Sister Carrie was giving her testimony again the other night, and when she got done, Miss Bethany is talking about how that years ago listening to her about how she got saved helped her. Amen. Preacher didn't have nothing to do with that. See, that's why it's ever so important for you to be very, very, uh, how can I say this, uh, uh, very attentive and act to the Holy Spirit. If, if, if He squeezes on your heart for uh, maybe for you to testify or to say a word, uh, maybe you ought to do that. Amen. You don't know who it's going to help. You might be fixing to tell something uh, that I can't tell. Oh, I'll tell you what the book says. I tell you what God's done in my life. But you know, there may be somebody in here that's going through exactly what you've already been through and God may be impressing on you to tell that just so that you might help them. You know how this church got to where we are right now? It was the Lord. It was the Lord. God done stuff here that I mean, Brother Jeff was right in talking about Sunday school. You, you, all our radio broadcasts, they, they actually uh, pretty much go around the world. We, we've, we've heard from all kinds of places uh, all around the world. And it's one of them deals. It's like seeing a turtle on a fence post. He didn't get there by himself. Right? We didn't get here by ourselves tonight. Listen, it's, 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 not, uh, it's not that we can give the increase. It's the very fact that we're just to be faithful uh, and keep doing it uh, and God will take care of the rest of it. I just keep doing what I'm doing because uh, there's some memorials. There's been a few times back here. Been a few times. I, I, I'm going to tell you, making those radio broadcasts can get very burdensome sometimes and they can get worrisome. They're not hard. They're, they're just a little bit time-consuming sometimes and worrisome to do from uh, week to week to get everything ready to go and, uh, and get them. But, but I'm just going to tell you, when, when you run into people out town uh, and, and they tell you that they listen to the midnight broadcast and they tell you that thing was a blessing, It's on at midnight. Who listens to an AM radio station at midnight? Sister Kathy, your brother does. He was one of them that caught me in the bank one day. I'm just saying, those things that go on, that's, that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. And that's why you should keep on doing what you're doing. And if you ain't seeing fruit, then are you doing Why do I keep on battling? 
If you don't battle, I want you to understand something. If you don't battle, you've done lost. It's not that you'll lose, it's that you've done lost. But there's been a few times I've won some things. Now I keep battling because I've been chosen to be a soldier. And sometimes you just got to endure hardness. 2 Timothy chapter 2, he said, Therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. God's chosen us to be a soldier tonight. So I battle because I'm chosen to be a soldier. I battle tonight because I know that it's him that's going to help me. What was it in Ephesians 6 and 10? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So it's by His might we fight tonight. Not in our own strength, but in His. Take your Bible tonight and go to the book of 2 Corinthians. There's been a few times, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, very familiar scripture, you should know this. Why I keep on fighting, I've chosen, He's chosen me to be a soldier. He's given me His strength and His might to fight. But there is a few times, there's a few times in the past that I've kept on swinging and I've kept on fighting and I've set up some memorials because I fought some stuff and won. And here's how I've done it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Unless I should be exalted by measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Y'all know what that means. That means to be beat on. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. There's been a few times that the battle has not really stopped but He's helped me get through it. And that's what grace is all about. God's favor toward us that we can make it through it. See, I, I would rather... Well, let me read on right here. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, if Paul would have just quit, if Paul would have just said, I'm not going any further, I'm not doing anything else for the Lord, then he would have never understood that. He would have never known that. Uh, that listen, that it was in his infirmities uh, that the power of Christ rested upon him. Verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities in persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. He said it was in my weakest times and in my hardest times in the battles where God got to shine the brightest in my life. That's why I keep on doing that. That's why we, we keep fighting even when it looks insurmountable and we don't look like we're going to win or it looks like that, man, this thing's going to be too hard to fight. It's in those times when Christ gets to shine the brightest in our life. There's been a few times back yonder. Some that people know about and some that people don't know about. There's been a few times back yonder that, that there's memorials set up and there's times in my life that He's brought me through. Just like the Apostle Paul, He's given grace to come through some things. How many of y'all can say that tonight? That boy, it was by the grace of God that you got brought through it that it was by His wonderful mercy and grace that He looked and, and pitied us and, uh, and said, I'm going to supply Him grace. And He said it was right here. He said that I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How many times has He given us the courage 
to fight when that thing was bigger than us. When that in front of us was bigger than us. I, I thought about Gideon, you know. He, he, you know, he starts out with 32,000 men, ends up with 22,000 men. Uh, and then before it's over with, he ends up with 300 men to go out and, and fight in a battle uh, that, that, that the Bible said as they laid down through the valley, down through there, uh, that they looked like grasshoppers uh, uh, and, and, and there was no number of them. And here Gideon is up here with 300 men and he's going to take on all of them. We, we would have called him crazy. Looking at it, looking at it, looking at it logically. And, and, and trying to uh, uh, apply logic to what, to what Gideon was going to do. And to go out and, and, and fight the, the Midianites and, and the other ones. And, and he was going to fight them with 300 men. And then on top of that, he busted them up in a hundred men companies. And he's going to go out and fight all of those. Well, see, the thing about it was, is the Lord was on his side. And that's all that mattered. you know why I keep going? Is because I really do believe the Lord's on my side. If I didn't, I, I, believe, I'd, I believe I'd stop. Ain't that what David said? David didn't say I'm on the Lord's side. He said the Lord's on my side. Most of y'all know the story out of 1 Samuel 17, a very primer class. It's taught in Sunday school a lot of times of David and Goliath. But it would do us good to be reminded of that. That David, who was a young man, probably between 16 and 20 years old, went out to face Goliath, who stood almost 10 feet tall, and David is going to face him with a sling and a stone. And that's it. He really didn't have nothing, did he? And you know, a lot of times we don't have anything to face our enemies with other than the Lord Himself and the Word of God. And that's it. And so He is the one that gives us the courage to go out and face the battle when it's bigger than we are. You know why I just keep going? Why, why I, I don't plan on quitting or I don't plan on giving up and uh, any of these things is, is because there's been a few times. Sometimes I, 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 I look back and I, I think about those few times and I think, did it really happen the way that I remember that it happened? And then I open that, that little book where I've set up my memorials at. I've got a preacher friend of mine, I heard him say one time here just recently, he said, I think I'm going to take a shelf and set me up some rocks and I'm going to paint some dates on those rocks of when the Lord come by and done some stuff. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea. I'd forgot some things when I opened that book up today. I had forgot some of those prayers that I had prayed and I looked at it and I thought, boy, yeah, God did do that, didn't he? God did come by right here. God did answer that prayer right there. Preacher, has he answered all your prayers? No. Oh, he's probably answered them. It just wasn't the way that I wanted him to. I've told you, I've come in here many times and prayed at this altar. I asked the Lord to heal a preacher one time. He had stomach cancer and 
And, and I thought, and I, and, and I did, and, and here again, my church knows this. I, I, I remember pray, right here, it's always on this corner that I come in here and pray. And, and I remember telling the Lord, He was unfair. This boy, this, 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 this preacher, he, he had kids in high school and he was trying to get them raised. And, uh, and I, I remember telling the Lord, He was unfair to take that man from his family. Boy, it hadn't. I had no more spit that out of my mouth and it's almost like, what do you mean I'm unfair? Man, he can do as he pleases tonight. Whatever he chooses to do, that's his business, not mine tonight. And who am I, who am I to tell God that he was unfair? Who are you to tell God he's unfair? I'll never forget what Brother Caldwell said one time. Yes, God's unfair. And it sure was unfair for him to send his son to die for us. That was unfair. He sent His Son to die for the likes of me and you so that we could get saved and go to heaven. God didn't answer my prayer. He did. It was no. He did not heal him. He actually took him on. That cancer got him. I think all of us has had prayers where God has said no. And sometimes it was for the best, even when we can't realize that and see that, it was for the best for it to be no. But there's been a few times that I can look back and I can see where God moved. And let me say this as I close. Sometimes it takes a little while for us to see that God did move. We may not be seeing it right now. And boy, that's what's bothering us is we're not seeing God. Or we don't think God's moving right now. But yet in the background, He's doing stuff that me and you have no clue about what's going on. And it's going to come to pass. There's been a few times and I've set up some memorials for those few times. What about you? Let's bow our heads tonight across the house.